you have your Bibles with you, I'd like to invite you to open it to Jeremiah chapter 29. Let me read from verse 1 to verse 7, but we will uh, study up to verse 14. Jeremiah 29, verse 1 to 7. Now these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders of the exile, the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother, the court officials, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen, the metalsmith, had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Gamaria, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives, become the fathers of sons and daughters, Take wives for your sons, give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear some sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. Verse 7. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will have welfare. Let us pray. Our God, thank you for who you are to us. Truly, you are wonderful, beautiful, and glorious. You are matchless. You cannot be compared to any other idol or God. And thank you that in your uniqueness, in your awesome power and glory, you have looked upon us, unworthy creatures, and decided to love us from eternity past to eternity future. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, that through him we can be connected back with you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, that through him we can be guided, through him we can be connected with you, and through him we can learn from your word. Speak to us today, for we like to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The topic of our message today is about puzzling questions of faith. You know, sometimes we think only little children have questions about God, about faith. But in reality, many of us also have those questions. Example, if God is loving, why are there so much suffering? If God is all-powerful, why does he not prevent earthquakes and disasters and calamities? If God is righteous, if he is the God of justice, why does he permit evil to go on and on? If God truly exists, why does he not simply show up or speak to me directly so that I can believe him. 
So, these are some basic questions that people have about faith. Now, in our reading this afternoon, there are more serious questions that the people of Israel who were exiled in Babylon were asking. Look at the opening statement in the letter. Jeremiah sent a letter to those who were defeated and brought to exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Why were they exiled? If they were God's people, why did God allow them to be defeated by the Babylonians? Why does God allow some Christians, even pastors and bishops, to get seriously sick? Why does God allow business of his people to go down and collapse? In 597 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar, together with his soldiers, attacked Jerusalem and defeated them. Jerusalem surrendered. So they became vassal uh, subjects of Nebuchadnezzar. So Nebuchadnezzar appointed a new king. But the new king, after eight years, rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar. So in 589 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar again attacked Jerusalem. And Jerusalem decided to fight it out. So for 18 months, they were fighting the Israelites inside the city walls and Nebuchadnezzar surrounding the whole city. But if you don't have, you know, crops for 18 months, you will be defeated. So in 586, Nebuchadnezzar was able to enter into Jerusalem, burn the temple, burn the palaces, burn the houses, and the people who were left, he took all of them to Babylon, except those who were very poor and those who are really the poorest of the poor. So you will now find Israel in Babylon. And they wrote a song, and that song was sung by Don McLean 20 years ago. And the song says, By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. For there in Babylon, our captors demanded us of songs our tormentors were saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. But their reply was, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? So Israel were depressed. Many of them disappointed that they were defeated by the Babylonians. And they were asking themselves, are we still God's people? If God is our God, how come he allowed this thing to happen? 
in Jeremiah 29, verse 3 and 4, there is even a worse problem. The letter that was sent said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel to all the exiles, who caused the exile? Was Israel defeated because they were weaker than the, than the Babylonians? No. They were defeated because it was the Lord who caused them to be defeated. It was the Lord who sent them into exile. You know, that's even more problematic. God did not only allow them to be defeated, God sent to them Nebuchadnezzar and caused them to be defeated. So why will God do that? If he is my God, why will he cause my misery? Well, remember, Israel by that time was divided already into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom, the capital was Samaria, and the southern kingdom, the capital was Jerusalem. 136 years before Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem, 136 years earlier, the northern kingdom was defeated also and exiled to Assyria. In 2 Kings 17.6, the king of Assyria captured Samaria and carried Israel away into exile to Assyria. Why did God allow that to happen? Verse 7, this came about because the sons of Israel sinned against the Lord. They set up sacred pillars, ushering on every hill and under every green tree. There they burned incense on all the high places as the nations did, which the Lord carried away to exiles before them. Yet the Lord warned Israel and Judah through all the prophets and seer. From 900 BC, God had been sending them warnings again and again and again, but they were not listening. So in 722 BC, the Assyrians came and they defeated and exiled the northern kingdom. Look at the problem in the northern kingdom. They did not listen. They stiffened their neck like their fathers. They forsook the commandments. They made for themselves molten images. They made their sons and daughters, what? Pass through the fire. You know what that meant? They were offering their own children like the Canaanites to their gods. So the Lord was very angry with the northern kingdom, with Israel, and he removed them from their needs, and none was left except the south, Judah. But then, 136 years later, in the time of Jeremiah, 
the word came to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 25. And God said, from the 13th year of Josiah, even to this day, this 23 years, the word of the Lord has come to me. And Jeremiah said, I have spoken to you again and again. But you have not listened. The Lord said to you, to all his servants and prophets, again and again. But you have not listened nor inclined your ear to hear. In verse 7, yet you have not listened to me. For 23 years, the prophets were speaking, were giving warning, but their messages were falling on deaf ears. Therefore, the Lord said, because you have not obeyed my words, I will send and take all the families of the north. I will send to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant, and I will bring them against this land. I will utterly destroy them, make them a horror and a hissing and an everlasting desolation. This whole land will be a desolation. How long? How long? 70 years. You know, when God chastises his people, it is for a time period. It is for a time period. And the time period was 70 years. Well, that turn of events was not spark of the moment. So Jeremiah spoke sometime 600 BC, but as early as 800 years earlier, when Moses was writing Deuteronomy, Israel was already given warning. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, Moses wrote, If you obey the Lord and his words, you will be blessed. The Lord will bless the works of your hands. The Lord will bless your wombs. Everywhere you go, you will be blessed. You will always be ahead of people. You will lend to people. They will borrow from you. You will win every war. But, in verse 15, but it shall come about, if you do not obey the Lord your God to observe all his commandments, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And among the many curses that was listed were defeat before your enemies. And second, the Lord will bring you and your king into exile, into captivity. So what happened to Israel was not just an accident. It was a result of covenant disobedience. You know, when there is a contract or a covenant made between two parties and one party becomes unfaithful, there is a consequence. And that was what happened between Israel and God. God was faithful to Israel, but Israel was not listening, was not faithful to God. So there was that consequence. So the land was destroyed, many people were killed, and they became slaves in Babylon. Now, after the background was given, the instruction from Jeremiah was given to those who are in exile. Look at the instruction. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, 
to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile to Babylon. What was the instruction? Build houses, live in them, plant gardens, eat their produce, take wives, become the fathers of sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear children and multiply there. Do not increase. You know, when we are in a foreign land, nowadays, 10.2 million Filipinos are OFWs. So what do they have in mind when they are working abroad? They work, and they work, and they work. While they work, they send money. Every, every month, they send money. And then, in a year's time, they will visit their family. Then they work again. The instruction of God to the exiles was build houses. Not build boots, not build tents. Stay there. Live out your lives in Babylon. The point was, move on with your lives. The problem with many people, even in our day, is if you get disappointed, you know, your life stops. You wallow in, you wallow in misery. Ando ka lang sa isang sulok. Hindi ka kumakain, hindi ka natutulog. But if you continue not eating, not drinking, what will happen? Sabi niya, <laughs> kaya ka magaganon, kasi walang laman yung tiyan mo eh. Walang laman yung isip mo. Many leadership guru says, if you fall, it's painful. But when you fall, you have a decision to make. Will you stay fallen? Or will you decide to stand up again? You cannot blame people anymore after some time. Because many times, it is our decision to languish, to stay foot in our disappointments and in our depression. Pastor, you don't know what you're saying. I am depressed and I don't know what to do. Well, if you don't know what to do, then seek help. Seek help. If you don't know what to do and you just stay foot and stay in your little corner, you will be more miserable. Pag masakit ang ngipin mo, pumupunta ka sa dentista eh. Di ba? Pag masakit ang tiyan mo, pumupunta ka sa doktor. Ganun din yon. Walang dapat ikahiya kung meron kang problema. Kasi nakakaproblema naman tayo eh. Hindi nakakahiya na hindi mo alam ang gagawin. Kaya nagkukonsulta tayo kasi hindi natin alam ang ating gagawin. 
even if Israel was already destroyed, they have no land to go back to. They have no more homes. That time they were no longer a people. But what was God's message? Build houses. Build up your lives. Plant again. Go back to normalcy. Get married. Let your children get married. Move on with your life. You owe it to yourself, first and foremost. Pastor, masakit. Gano mo bisa katagal na girlfriend o boyfriend o asawa? Gano katagal? Two months, pastor. So, bago mo siya maging boyfriend, bago mo siya maging asawa, okay ka ba? May buhay ka ba? Meron naman. Di ba? O, balik ka lang doon. Balik ka lang. And then, another instruction is even more startling for the Israelite exiles. Tingnan nyo sabi ni God. Where were they staying? In Babylon. That was the city that defeated them, that destroyed them, that burned the temple, that burned their houses. But look at the instruction of God. Seek the, the welfare. The word used by Jeremiah was seek shalom for the city where you are staying. And not only that, pray to the Lord for what? On its behalf. What? Ipagpe-pray ko yung tumalo sa amin? Ipagpe-pray ko yung nag-cost ng misery namin? Nasira na ata ulo ni Jeremiah, Pastor. Alam niyo, sabi ng Panginoong Jesus, it has been said, you shall hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pastor, sabi mo yan, siguro kasi wala kang kaaway. Hindi mo lang alam, yung kalagayan ko, Pastor, yung bahay namin, lahat yung nakapalibo doon, kaaway ko eh. Tapos pagpipray ko sila, sunugin ko na lang kaya mga bahay nila. But look at the reason why God was telling them to seek the welfare of the city, to pray for the city where they were exiled. For in its welfare, you will have welfare. You know, many of you here are working in companies and organizations. And many times we have problems with our companies and organizations. And we always complain about them to the heavens. Ganto yung bosko, ganto yung kumpanya namin, etc., 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 etc. So, nandun ka, miserable ka. Napag-pray mo na ba yung kumpanya mo? Napag-pray mo na ba yung boss mo? May pag-fasting mo na ba yung kumpanya mo saka yung boss mo? You know, ang, ang tendency natin when something is unpleasant, we complain. We get bitter about our setting. And we want God to remove us from that setting. 
and we are sometimes grudging God because He seemingly is not doing anything. Look at the statement. Seek the welfare of the city where I sent you to exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. When we pray for people we do not like, when we pray for, you know, the setting that gives us difficulty, in the long run, it will also be for us. If you are not praying for somebody who hurt you, and you cannot forgive that somebody, can you imagine you are continually a prisoner of your anger? Worse, the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. Can you imagine? Your anger has kept you not only from relating to people around that person, but it is also affecting your relationship with God. Sometimes the person you are angry against has moved on already. He sleeps well in the night. Pero ikaw, hindi ka makatulog. Masama pa yung countenance mo. Do not let your prophets who are in your midst and diviners deceive you. Kasi sabi ng mga prophets, sabi ng mga diviners, ay hindi, huwag kayong mag-be-build. We are just temporary in this place. Mga two years lang. After two years, we will go back to Jerusalem. So they were giving the people false hopes. Sinabi na ng Diyos, 70 years. But they were saying, one to two years. So who will you believe? The word of God, which was already spoken, or what these people are saying? Some will even say, I dreamt that next month or six months from now, we will be back in Jerusalem. Well, with that kind of message, you are not allowing the people to stabilize. They have always a sense of uh, temporariness. You know, I will not ask you to raise hands. But all of us are living in a certain barangay or certain city. Have you really prayed for your barangay? Have you really prayed for your barangay captains and counselors? You know, if not, we have a problem. We have a problem. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I read this in Breadcom, Quezon City before. Paul wrote, First of all, I urge that entreaties, prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. I did not vote for Rodrigo Duterte. But when he was proclaimed as the new president of this country, I need to pray for him and support him. Why is that? Not because 
I am yellow or I am red or I am blue. Look at verse 3. What's my main reason why I will have to support our mayor, our congressman, our president, our senators? This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. I may not like this mayor, I may not like this congressman, but because of God, because of his mandate, I am urged to intercede and to pray for them. And what is the result if I do that? That we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in godliness and dignity. We have the right to express our dismay. We have the right to do it. But as God's people, can we really take what is first, what is more important? Let's pray first for those people we are complaining against. Look at verse 8. Therefore, I want the men in every place to, to pray. How do we pray? How? Like this? Like this? Those are not holy hands. Those are angry hands. And not only that, when we pray for people, are we not guilty like them? Are we not corrupt in our little spheres? Have we looked internally at ourselves and evaluated ourselves? Baka mas malaki yung lag sa mata natin kaysa dun sa puwing sa mata ng mga taong pinagpipray natin. If this is not enough, we read Romans 13 verse 1. Every person is to be in subjection to governing authorities. For there is no authority except from, from God. Nebuchadnezzar was a cruel emperor. Cyrus was a, you know, pagan emperor. But both of them were called servants of God. They were used by God. Verse 2, Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed not the party of that person, not our party. Whoever resists authority has opposed what? The ordinance of God. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior. If you are doing good, you have nothing to fear. But for evil, do you want to have no fear of authority? Then do what is good and you will have praise from the same. For rulers are a minister of God for our good. But if you do what is evil and be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing, it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. For because of this you also pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God. That's what we pray for, that's what we tell them. We remind them 
you are not only servants of the people. You are also servants of God and therefore accountable to Him. For we believe that it is God who put you there. So it is before God you will be primarily accountable. So they are accountable to God, but we are accountable to God to pray for them, to support them. There are still many puzzling questions. Why will we serve the good of our enemies, the destroyers of our temple? And while we are building our homes, while we are building our lives, while we are building our families in Babylon, what about Jerusalem? Well, the response of the Lord to those questions is in verse 10. Thus says the Lord, when 70 years had been completed for Babylon, what will happen? When our time of chastisement, discipline is over, I will visit you. I will fulfill my good word to you. And what was the good word? To bring you back to this place. Israel will get out of Babylon. Israel will go back to Jerusalem. And when people ask, really? But these people, the Babylonians, are the powerful empire of today. God said, yes, I know. But I know also the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Israel is a people of hope. They had been persecuted. They had been defeated many times. They had had catastrophe many times, the Holocaust, the expulsion in Spain, but they are still surviving. Why? Because of hope. Their national anthem is entitled Hope. Pero mga Pilipino, matatalino tayo, masasayahin tayo, maganda ang ating lupa, maganda ang ating tubig. Pero namubuhay tayo parang walang pag-asa. Ang pag-asa natin ay nasa ibang bansa palagi. Nakatingin tayo palagi sa malayo. Hindi na natin tinitingnan kung anong meron tayo. Kung nun dati ganun tayo, okay lang. Eh ngayong kristyano na tayo eh. Anong declaration natin? If anyone is in Christ, he is... A new creation. The old things passed away. The new has come. We also now are people of hope. We are a people with a bright future because God has a wonderful plan for you and for me. Pero pastor, nasira na ang buhay ko. Nawala na yung mga dati kong resources. Naghirap na ako. What's the promise? In Jeremiah 29, the Lord said, I will restore your fortunes. You know, kaya tayo galit na galit minsan, kasi yung nawala sa atin, nawalang reputasyon, karangalan, nawalang pera, pinaghirapan ko yun eh. 
pinaghirapan ko yung itayo. Tapos ginanun lang, hinakaw lang. Kasi nga ang feeling mo, ikaw ang gumawa. Ikaw ang may dahilan. Kaya nung matanggal sa'yo, galit na galit ka. Pero dito, sabi ni God sa kanila, I will restore your fortunes. Pastor, buti nga pera lang yung kinuha sa akin eh. Karangalan yung kinuha sa akin. Bakit? Hindi ba kayang ibalik ng Panginoon yung karangalan mo? Saka di ba, sinabi mo na nung maging Christian ka, I have been crucified with Christ. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live for Him. Bakit sumisingit pa yung dating pagkatao mo? Yung dating pride mo. Kaya nakakawindang-windang ang buhay natin eh. Kasi palagi mong isinisingit yung dating buhay mo, yung dating yabang mo, yung dating standard mo. Di ba Christian ka na? Kung nanakaw man sa'yo yun, why don't you allow God to restore them back to you? Kaya naman ni God yun. Jeremiah 30 verse 3, Days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will restore the fortunes, and this time, both of Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom. Kaya ibalik yun ng Diyos. At pangatlong ibabalik ng Diyos yung nasirang relasyon. They were destroyed, they were defeated because they were not rightly connected with God. So in verse 12, you will call upon me, you will come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me, and you will find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you. So yung nawala na relasyon natin, sa Diyos ay babalik. Kailan mangyayari yun? Saka paano pa? Eh, wasak na nga yung temple. May prophecy sa Jeremiah 31 verse 3. Anong sabi? The Lord, ano daw? Appeared to him. I was expecting here that the verb will be future. The Lord will appear. But Jeremiah was a prophet. So he presented the future event as if it had happened already. Ganun kasigurado yung prophet. The Lord appeared to him from where? From afar. Ano? Si Jesus, saan ba siya galing? From afar. At sabi niya, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. Again, ano sabi niya? I will rebuild you. If your life is messed up, if your life gets broken, sabi ni God, I will rebuild you. And you will be rebuilt. So bakit tayo natatakot? Eh kasi sinisira niya yung buhay ko eh. Sinisira niya yung pamilya namin. Oo, pero may Diyos na magre-rebuild eh. Proclaim, give praise, and say, O oh Lord, save your people. You know how that is translated in Hebrew? Oceana. 
Kailan natin narinig sa kalya ng Jerusalem, sumisigaw yung mga tao, Oceana, Oceana. Kailan natin narinig yun? Nung si Jesus ay pumapasok sa Jerusalem, people were shouting, O Lord, save now. So this will happen when that Lord comes from afar. In Jeremiah 31, verse 31, Behold, days are coming when I will make a, a new covenant, not like the former covenant which they broke. So the former covenant was the covenant with Moses, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law where? Before their law was in the tablet of stone. But now the law will be within them on their heart. God himself will write. And I will be their God. They shall be my people. About their sins, I will forgive their sins and iniquity. I will remember no more. Kailan nangyari kaya? Nangyari na kaya yan? I will make a new covenant. I will write my law into their hearts. Tingnan natin yung mga nangyari. In 2 Chronicles 36 verse 22, by the way, these are the three verses in the Hebrew Bible, the last. Kasi tayo, ang ating last book sa Old Testament, Malakai. Sila, Chronicles. And the last verses of Chronicles says, In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he sent a proclamation throughout his kingdom and even put that proclamation in writing. Anong sabi? Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever there is among you of all his people, may the Lord his God be with him and let him return. Can you imagine the command for Israel to come back to their land came from the emperor of Persia. The name was Cyrus in 538 B.C. So yung pangako na I will gather them, I will bring them back to the land, God will fulfill. And He has fulfilled. Kaya nga ngayon sa Israel, nakatira na sila hanggang ngayon. Eh yung treasures, yung fortunes. Look at Ezra chapter 1 verse 4. Every survivor at whatever place he may live Okay, when that survivor is returning back, let the men of that place, let the neighbors, let the city mates support him with, with silver and gold, with goods and cattle, together with free will offering for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Ay yung mga ninakaw, yung mga kinuha ni Nebuchadnezzar sa temple at dinala sa Babylon. Look at verse 7. King Cyrus also brought out 
the articles of the house of the Lord which Nebuchadnezzar had carried from Jerusalem and put in the house of his gods. He counted them out to Sheshbazzar, the prince of Judah. Ibinalik eh. So, ang ibinalik na, na treasure, verse 11, all the articles of gold and silver numbered 5,400. So, Shez Bazar, the prince of Judah, brought them all up with the exiles who went up from Babylon to Jerusalem. So, the fortunes were restored. Pangatlo, what about the covenant? relationship with the Lord. Then came the first day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb has to be sacrificed. When the hour had come, Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And when Jesus had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, what did Jesus say? This cup which is poured out for you is the, is the new covenant in my blood. So the prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 31 is fulfilled that night in that Lord's Supper. This is the blood of the new covenant. And this is not only Luke, Dr. Luke, who said this. Look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. For this reason, Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. Since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant. Where a covenant is, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead. So Jesus has to die on the cross. Therefore, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without the blood. In verse 20, this is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you. And according to the law, one may almost say, all things are cleansed with the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So when Jesus was inaugurating the Lord's Supper, he was saying, this is the new covenant in my blood. Because the next day, his blood will be shed. So let me end this sermon by a proposition. We may have many questions in our lives, but may I propose that Jesus is the answer to those questions. Look at the basic question. How can I know God? How can I connect with him? That was the question of Thomas in John 14, verse 5. And Jesus replied to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Thomas, if you have known me, you would have known my Father also. You want to know God? 
Don't go to Mount Makiling. Don't go to Davao. Go to Jesus. And the more you know Jesus, the more you will know his Father. Second, what if I fall into sin? What if I make a mess out of my life again, even if I am a Christian? First John chapter 2, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have a lawyer with the Father. We have a lawyer with the Father, and his name is Jesus. And what kind of lawyer was Jesus? Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous. He himself is the atoning, sufficient atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but also for the whole world. Automatic ba yung pastor? I don't have to do anything, nothing except this. When you fall into sin, what do you do? What do you do? You cover up your sins? You run away from your sins? No. Confess your sins to God. He is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me end with this slide. Pero pastor, hindi spiritual ang problema ko eh. Ang problema ko, pera, pera, at pera pa din. Paano na kami? Hindi naman kami mabubuhay ng Kaba Bible Study lamang sa araw-araw. Paano na ipambayad namin ng tubig, ng kuryente, ng cellphone, ng load? Sabi ni Paul, you know the the grace, the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake, yet for your sake, he became poor, so that through his poverty, you may become rich. You know, God wants to enrich our lives. But even our riches comes through Christ. Sabi ni Jesus, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. If you try to become well off apart from Christ, you will just tire out yourself. Because unless the Lord builds the house, those labor, labor in, in vain. But if you let Christ be Lord of your work, be Lord of your relationship, be Lord of your health, then you will be enriched. You will be enriched. Because His grace will be sufficient, will be abundant. You know, many of you here, when you started with your parents, you are not that well off. But now you are much better off today. Not only because you are good and smart, but because the grace of Christ is in you. And that grace will multiply. Pero pastor, Hindi lang naman pera ang kailangan ko eh. Kailangan ko din ng pagmamahal. Yeah. Kailangan ko din ng respeto. Okay, Christ pa din. Anong sabi sa Philippians 4.19? He who will supply all your needs from His riches in glory because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. 
Si Jesus pa din. Hindi, pastor. Yung kapitbahay ko, talagang sutil eh. Talaga namang sakit sa, para siyang tinik sa lalamunan ko. Basahin nyo na, pag-uwi nyo ha. Proverbs 21 verse 1. Anong sabi doon? Ang puso daw ng tao ay parang agos ng tubig sa kamay ng Diyos. At ang Diyos ang magdedetermine kung saan niya papupuntahin ng agos. The heart of man is like streams of water in the hands of God. He will direct it wherever He pleases. So bakit hindi natin i-allow si God ang kumilos sa kapitbahay mo, ang kumilos sa asawa mo, ang kumilos sa anak mo, ang kumilos sa magulang mo. Kasi pag ikaw ang kikilos, mapapagod ka, madidisappoint ka, magagalit ka. Kasi walang epekto eh. Ikaw nga, hindi mo mabago ang sarili mo eh. Pero ang Diyos, isang pitik lang. Isa lang. No? May tama na. Pero tayo, katakot-takot na pitik na natin. May suntok pa tayo eh. Walang pagbabago. Why don't we allow Jesus to be really Lord? Lord of all in our lives. Our health, our finances, our relationships, our spiritual lives. Let us pray. Our God, many of us here have tough questions in their minds about you, about their lives, about their relationship. Lord, as you have answered the Israelites through Jeremiah, Lord, would you answer us through your word, through your spirit? Kasi you were the one who made the promise, Lord, that if we lack wisdom, we come to you, we ask you, and you will give answers to us without reproach. Lord, we don't want to make mistakes in our lives, especially about our future. So we are asking, O oh God, that you will instruct us. You will teach us in the way we should go. Lord, do not allow us just to make decisions by ourselves because we may make mistakes and people may get hurt from the mistakes that we do. So Lord, when we wake up in the morning, before we lie down at night, Lord, would you speak to us so that we will always be guided. We will always have hope and we will always have confidence that better things are yet to come because our God has greater things for us. This is our prayer with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.